Journey Online. I am so glad that you are gathering with us today. My name is Daniel McGavis, and I would love to know where you guys are gathering from today. So if you can comment in the chat where you are gathering from, I would love to hear from you guys. And while you're doing that, if you could do me a favor and share this gathering, other people would love to join us. So go ahead and share that on your social media. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that notification bell. This is a great way you can know whenever the journey is going live. And if you are gathering with us today, I'd love for you to fill out a Connect card at connectwithus.tv. And if this is your first time gathering, let us know by marking the box that it's your first time gathering. We would love to send you a free t-shirt so that you, you can know that you gathered with us. JFAM, we are in the middle of a series called Jesus Who, talking about who Jesus is and what that means for us. Take a moment and let us know what your favorite Jesus story is that you've heard or read in the chat. 
This series is so great because it is bringing us to our Easter gatherings and our Easter offering. Our Easter offering is a chance for us to give more outside of our locations. It's a chance to give above and beyond our normal giving, and this goes directly outside of our locations. You'll hear more about that later, but be praying about the upcoming Easter offering and how you can have your place in it. But until then, let's begin week three of Jesus Who by worshiping together. Church, everyone, we're so glad you could be here with us this morning. If you're not already standing, please stand with us as we sing this and lift up our God's name today. When all I see is the battle, you see my victory.
don't have the words to say. We don't know what to say. We don't know what to do. We don't know what to think. Sometimes we might feel like we don't have enough. We can't do enough. We don't know enough. But in those moments, we have to encourage ourselves to keep going, keep looking to our Father who is our everything. So no matter what you're going through here in this room, online, I encourage you, if you feel comfortable, raise your hands and let's sing this one more time. Say, so I throw up my hands, praise you again and again, no matter what. Because all that I have is a hallelujah, hallelujah. And I know it's not much, I'm nothing else fit for a king, except for a heart singing of worship. I just love our worship team so much. I would love to know what your favorite worship song was this week. Go ahead and comment that into the comments for me. My favorite this weekend. I just love when we get to sing Battle Belongs together. It's just such an awesome experience. But I would love to know what you guys thought of worship today. And I would love to hear any of your feedback. And to provide that for us, go to connectwithus.tv. You can provide any of the feedback or prayer requests as well. We would love to be praying for you. We have a specific team who prays over all of our prayer requests. And if you could go ahead and fill out that Connect card with anything, especially if you're a first-time guest, we would love to know that so we can send you a free T-shirt. And for every Connect card that we receive this weekend, we are donating $10 to Urban Promise, an organization that helps troubled youths in our community with the resources that they need. JFAM, we have all heard the saying, home is where the heart is. And here at The Journey, we believe that couldn't be more true. It's the people, our journey family, that really make our church feel like home. And if you want to experience that feeling for yourself, we have just the environment for you, plugged in. Plugged in is a two-step experience designed to help you find your place and your heart here at The Journey. But don't just take my word for it. One of our, our J-teamers, Regina, has an amazing story about how getting plugged in not only changed her life, but her entire family. With three small children, Regina has a lot on her plate. But with the help of our awesome Plugged In team and a big shout out to our Journey Kids team, she was able to get plugged in with other Journeyers, learn more about our church, and find a greater purpose for her life. Now, if you would love an experience like Regina's, what are you waiting for? Go ahead and text Plugged In to 94000 to learn more. Step one is happening this weekend and you don't want to miss it. We can't wait to welcome you home. Now let's get ready for the rest of the gathering. Hey, JFAM, one more thing before we dive into this week's message. I want to give you an opportunity to worship God with your giving. Now, if you're a guest, let me tell you, there's no pressure for you to give. This gathering is our gift to you. But before we dive in, I want to share with you a story from someone who serves in our next-gen team. She's a high school student. Her name is Grace. She currently serves on our worship team. She said that serving on the worship team has really impacted her life. Her confidence is boosted, and she's opened up to what it means to really worship God. She's grown from just singing the songs to really opening her heart to Jesus and worshiping with all she is. It's just amazing to see Grace growing more boldly in her faith day by 
day with us. I want you to connect the dots here. When you give, you are investing in students like Grace, helping to create the environments where others can grow in their faith and help others do the same. And if that's something you'd like to be a part of today, I wanna to encourage you to give. You'll see some ways that you can give on the screen. It's really simple if you wanna text the words, give TJ to 94,000. It's an easy step in beginning this spiritual discipline in your life. I know that you're excited about this week's message. I am too, so let's dive in. Church for Real People. Glad you've joined us this weekend, and I do want to take a moment just to say a big hello to all of our locations, so Newark and Hocassin and online. We're one church family spreading out throughout our region, and very, very glad that you're here this weekend. We are in week three of a series that we've called Jesus Who, so if you're joining us for the first time, we've been talking about what the story of Jesus' life can mean for the story of our lives, wherever we are spiritually. And uh, we've been kind of unpacking some of the things that happened in the life of Jesus that are worth taking a second look at. If you've missed the first couple of weeks of the series, I encourage you to go back and watch the first two messages. And we're going to continue the series this weekend. But before we do, I just want to take a moment, let you know what's coming up here over the next couple of weeks. I'm very excited. Uh, first of all, that next weekend, my pastor, Pastor Chris Hodges from Church of the Highlands will be here. And uh, I'm very, very excited for you to get an opportunity to experience the message that he has. I know is going to encourage you. He is, has been a tremendous influence in my life over the years and is one of, honestly, the greatest leaders uh, in the world. Loves Jesus, loves people, and leads a, a life-giving church. So make sure you make plans to join us. Next weekend, we're going to be continuing the series, but Pastor Chris uh, is going to be speaking that weekend. And then... Uh, the following weekend, the weekend before Easter, is our Easter offering. And I want to take uh, just a couple of minutes and kind of give you some vision behind this. First of all, if you're new to our church, this is something we do every Christmas and Easter, that before we celebrate, uh, the weekend before, we have an opportunity to give above and beyond our regular giving to make a difference outside our walls. So this is uh, giving that does not go toward kind of what we do week in and week out, but is all about going to the places we aren't yet and uh, making an impact. And this year, we have three things that we, that we are praying about, passionate about accomplishing through our Easter offering. So I want to share those with you. The first is launching our Middletown location. And I'm fired up about this. In fact, this is so cool. Over 200 people have been to a Middletown meet and greet already. Uh, yeah. Almost 60 of you have joined the launch team, and uh, if you're interested in learning more about that, you can go to our app or website, find out more about how uh, you can be a part of that. But uh, for our Easter offering, we want to finish the budget we need to launch a new location in Middletown. This is part of our vision for reaching our region. 
We believe one of the best ways to get the good news about Jesus to more people is launching new locations. And uh, so we are very close, we want to finish the budget to launch it and sustain it for the first full year. And by the way, that's something we're very committed to here. We don't launch a location until we have uh, the funds in hand to take care of it for the first full year, something our board speaks into. We try to do all that very wisely, and we're super close. So we're going to have an opportunity to give toward that. In fact, we're just $75,000 away from everything we need to start the location, sustain it for the first year. So uh, that's part of what our Easter offering will be all about. We're coming to Middletown. I'm excited about that. And then also, we want to plant new churches, not just in our region, but all over the country. So part of our Easter offering this year is going to go toward launching churches in cities that don't already have a lot of life-giving churches. So we're not going to Houston, uh, just so you know, but really finding cities all over the country and helping resource and support church planters, uh, again, so we can get the message of Jesus to more people. So the next part of our Easter offering is going to go toward that. And then finally, everything we give above and beyond that is going to go toward future locations of the journey. So we will set it aside. It will be set aside for when we plant a location. You want to know where we're going next? It's called TBD. Have you heard of it? It's a very wonderful part of our region. So we're going to go where God leads us, but we want to start uh, just setting aside the resources. And if you've been a part of our church for a while, you know, uh, first of all, we move at the speed of our generosity. And uh, if you are new here, there's no pressure to give anything. The offering's not this week. It's two weeks from now. Uh, but in the meantime, I'd love for you, if you're a part of this community of faith, to pray about what God might have you do, listen to whatever he leads you to do, and then just give, and uh, let's believe God together, because the next weekend, we're going to celebrate Easter, so that's coming right around the corner, Easter weekend, and we'll have uh, gatherings all that weekend, uh, we'll tell you more about this next week, but if you want to get a sneak peek at the gathering times, you can go to our app, and uh, they're all uploaded there, start praying about uh, and planning for who you're going to invite to join you this Easter. So we're in a great season. And also just by the way, praying it will not be 28 degrees for Easter. Just <laughs> ready for some warm weather. And as we jump into week three of this series, I want to do a little poll on the front end here. So how many of us, just by a show of hands, had trouble when we were little kids doing what we were told? Just show of hands, to, had trouble doing what we're told. Uh, how many of us are adults, still have trouble doing what we're told? Just be honest, all right? How many of us, when we were little kids, always did what we were told? We want to know who you are. If you're in, a, in one of our physical rooms, you can let us know if you're online. Yeah, my sister was kind of like that. She was an angel, and I felt like I needed to balance that out. So I was that kid who often did the opposite of whatever he was instructed to do. My mom would say, don't play in the mud. I played in the mud. My teacher would say, quiet down. I got louder. My dad would say, if you don't stop doing what you're doing, and I'd be like, it sounds interesting, what will happen? And I would find out. So I, it was not good. It was not good. I didn't stop. So for all of us who are following Jesus or maybe interested in learning more about what faith in him would look like, we probably sense that part of that, part of following Jesus at some point is going to mean following his instructions, right? Doing what he tells us. But the question is, what happens when we don't? What do we miss out on when we don't follow Jesus' instructions? So early in Jesus' ministry, before he even really goes public 
uh, with his ministry, he goes to a wedding reception with his disciples. And at this point, by the way, his disciples are not really still clear completely about who Jesus actually is or what following him is all about, which may be like some of us. But they go with him to this wedding. And John, who was there, we've been kind of digging into some of John's uh, account of the life of Jesus the past few weeks. And John writes about this in his book in the New Testament of the Bible. He writes this. He says, the next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebrations. Who is Jesus? He's the person that if you're having a party, you want to invite. That's who Jesus is. Now, some of us may not see it that way. Maybe we would think, well, I'm not so sure. I think Jesus might kind of look down disapprovingly if I was having a, a good time or celebrating or if I was happy or joyful. But the people who are hosting this wedding party, this wedding celebration, know enough about Jesus that they know they want him there. And not just Jesus, but his disciples as well. So the first step in getting to know Jesus is the decision that we make to invite him to our party, to invite him into our lives, to invite him into everything we're proud of, scared of, hoping for, and planning around. And not just Jesus, but a few of his disciples too, a few people going the same direction spiritually. And I kind of love this about Jesus, that Jesus, if anyone could ever make a case, if you want something done right, do it yourself, it would be Jesus, the son of God. But the first thing he does before he even goes really public with his ministry is he gets a group of people around him and he starts doing life together with him. So Jesus and his disciples go to this wedding reception. And what you have to understand about wedding receptions at this time is they are a big deal, like a big deal. They will often last for several days and there is an open bar. Some of you are nervous. Others of you are like, tell me more. <laughs> but during these wedding celebrations, a lot of wine is served. Now, a couple of things to know. That's the only alcoholic beverage that's served at these wedding receptions. And the custom of the time is that this wine would be watered down quite a bit. So these wedding celebrations would go on sometimes for days, three, four, five days. And it's not like everybody was drunk for four days, okay? But the wine kept circulating throughout this reception, and as long as the wine flowed, the celebration flowed. The wine was a symbol of hospitality, and it was a symbol, hey, this party is still going, like we're still celebrating what's happening here. So the wine keeps going, the party keeps going. But at this particular party, the wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. Now, my family laughs at me sometimes because uh, I'm much better at this than I used to be, but I've had kind of a track record of underestimating how much food is needed. Uh, so I am rarely in charge of snacks. Uh, I'm frugal. Uh, in fact, for a lot of years, I'm much better at this now, but for a lot of years, whenever we go out to eat, Actually, I got to be honest, I still do this. Whenever we go out to eat, I always immediately look for the cheapest thing on the menu. Now, I'm growing. I don't always order it. Sometimes I order the second cheapest thing on the menu. 
But when my kids were younger and our family, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. We'd go out to eat and I'd be like, first thing we would sit down and I was just such a joy killer. I'd be like, okay, we're splitting and water to drink. Have a great time, you know? And uh, even, I'm like, you're 14, but you're ordering off the kids' menu. We're just, we, we got this. So I tend to, you know, be on the frugal side. My wife, on the other hand, and some of you may have experienced this. If you've ever been in at something she's done, she has the gift of hospitality. And she just always, if she's in charge, there will be enough. There will be leftovers. Uh, but one time a few years ago, we were having people over, and I talked my wife into cutting back on the amount of food that she thought we needed. I was like, we don't need to order that much. We don't need to refinance the house to have these people over. Like, we can, we can do it on less. And sure enough, we ran out of wings. Now, for the dudes in the room, you know that's like running out of oxygen. Dudes leave a party when you run out of wings. They're like, that's the last wing? I'm out. I don't care if I just got here 10 minutes ago. This is a major downer. So I got in big trouble because... I was responsible. So imagine this party is rolling and suddenly the wine runs out. But in this time, this would be a major embarrassment for the host. I mean, Cana is a small town. Most of the town is probably at this party and to run out of wine will bring disgrace on the family. It will hang over the new bride and groom for years to come. There go Dave and Sophia. Remember their wedding? Like, that's what's happening right here. This is a major embarrassment. So Jesus' mom, like all good moms, is concerned. Good moms are always concerned, right? They're always kind of monitoring what's going on. Jesus' mom is like, this is a problem. We're running out of wine. And she tells Jesus, we've run out of wine. So Jesus responds, dear woman, that's not our problem. My time has not yet come. Uh, Jesus, that's your mom. That's not nice, right? Although, I was thinking about this as I was preparing for this weekend. It's another message for another time, but this should probably encourage all of us who are not Jesus and yet tend to treat every problem like it's our problem. That's another message for another time, and I think it might be a message for me. <laughs> But Jesus' mom says, they, they ran out of wine. And Jesus says, that's not my problem. And then he says, that's, it's not my time yet. Which should be the end of the story, right? But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Thank God, literally, for Jesus' mom. She gets it. She doesn't try to talk Jesus into anything. She doesn't get upset by his response or offended. She just tells the people who are serving, who are working at this party, do whatever he tells you. In other words, Jesus' mom understands to see what he does, first do what he says. If you want to see what Jesus can do, first got to do what Jesus says. So let me ask you a question. Where would you put yourself in your journey with Jesus right now? So maybe for some of us, we would say, well, I am, I am doing whatever he tells me. Maybe some of us, we're, we're pressing in. We're following Jesus fully. We're not perfect, but we're following Jesus fully. We're all in, even when it's difficult, even when it doesn't make sense, even when it requires a lot of faith. Is that you? Are you doing whatever he tells you? If so, be encouraged. Because chances are, 
really good, you're going to see some things happen in your life because of your willingness to do what Jesus is telling you to do. Or maybe for some of us, we are doing some of what Jesus tells us to do. I've been here many times in my life. Some instructions we're following, others we're working on, and then others we are conveniently ignoring. We're like, gee, I'm pretty sure Jesus did say that, but my situation's a little bit different, and I'm not sure that applies. I know Jesus said forgive people, but you don't know the people. I know Jesus said not to get too anxious about this world, not to worry about your life, but you don't understand my life. And so we're doing some of what Jesus says. We're trying to do some other things Jesus says. And then other parts, we're just like, I just can't do that. You know, and that's probably a lot of us and no judgment. I've been there many times. The challenge is that, it, did you know it can eventually be harder to follow Jesus partway than it is not to follow him at all? And this, some of us have incredible tension because we're like, I'm following Jesus, just not today <laughs> or just not at my job or just not in this one relationship, or just not when it comes to my money, or just not when it comes to my attitude, or just not when it comes to my priorities. And then maybe others of us find ourselves in this place where we're just not really doing anything, Jesus says. And it's not that we don't appreciate Jesus. We think he's cool. We're just not rearranging our lives around him. And again, no judgment. I've been there. But maybe for those of us who haven't been doing anything Jesus says, the wine is running out. Maybe we're going to the places we always went for happiness and purpose and meaning and the, our solutions have run dry. Maybe what we thought was fun and fulfilling isn't fun or fulfilling anymore. And for all of us, here's the invitation. It's the invitation that Jesus' mom gives the servants. Do whatever he tells you. You know, I'm learning that that is the solution to basically every problem in my life. Do whatever Jesus tells you. And it's so simple. It's just not easy. But there are so many areas in my life that I can get so caught up and conflicted and frustrated and disappointed when the reality is the solution is right there in front of me. Just do whatever he tells you. Yeah, but I feel resentful. He's telling you to forgive. Do whatever he tells you. But I'm anxious. He's telling you to not put your trust in this world. Do whatever he tells you. Simple, just not easy. So standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. So these were massive stone containers. When you hear jar, don't think jar, think jar. And the Jewish people would use these for a ritual of washing their hands before a meal. They could, each of these containers could hold 20 to 30 gallons. There are six of them. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. And when the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. It kind of be like the DJ who was running the party. Wicka, wicka, wicka. All right, anyway. (laughs) 
I don't know how you read the Bible. I'm just telling you that's how I read the Bible. So the DJ was like, and the servants followed his instructions. So watch this. Jesus' mom says, Jesus, they're out of wine. Jesus says, not my problem. Jesus' mom turns to the servants and says, do whatever he tells you. And Jesus says, okay, <laughs> fill the jars with water. Now, some of us know the story already, so it's kind of spoiled. But if you're one of the servants that day, you have no idea what's about to happen. There's no, you didn't read about this or hear about this. You have, you have no clue. You just know that this Jesus guy thinks he can fix a wine problem with a water solution. And because you've worked a few weddings in your time, and this is not your first rodeo, you are like, I know that's not going to work. We have a, Jesus, we don't have a water problem. We have a wine problem. And you're not going to fix it with water. And not only that, but you may have not thought of this, there's no running water at this time. They're not grabbing a hose. They're going to the water source with containers, filling them up at this water source, wherever it is, bringing it back to these, these huge stone jars and pouring it in over 1,300 pounds of water. So this doesn't happen in a few seconds, not even a, probably a few minutes. This is a long process. And Jesus doesn't say, okay, symbolically sprinkle a little bit of water in the jar and then step aside. He says, fill them. So I researched this in the Greek. Do you know what fill them means? Till they're full. <laughs> to the brim. So in the language the New Testament was written, filled means full. Just keep coming to this church. You're going to learn so much. <laughs> and then Jesus waits. He waits because to see what he does, got to first do what he says. And I wonder if some of the servants start doing what Jesus said to do, they start filling the jars, but a few minutes in, their backs hurt, they're not seeing the results, so they get a little frustrated, discouraged. Maybe they start murmuring among themselves, why are we doing this again? This is water. We don't need water. We need wine. Did you know it would be easy to always do what Jesus says if as soon as we started, it paid off? But so often, Jesus calls us to fill jars with ordinary human efforts that aren't glamorous, that aren't that exciting, that cause us to break a spiritual sweat, wondering what's gonna happen, and not until the jars are full does he show us what he can do. So when something has run out in my life, maybe I need to ask myself, am I willing to fill the jars Am I willing to keep doing what Jesus says even though I'm not seeing results? Now, this is where the story gets exciting. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I was tracking with this story. But John, back it up a minute. 
What just happened? Give us a little more context. When did the water become wine? Somewhere in the process of doing what Jesus said. A miracle happens. One of the members of our prayer team here, Danielle, had an experience with the power of Jesus uh, just this past January. Our church was in 21 days of prayer and fasting, and uh, she had gone to the ER in severe pain and was eventually diagnosed with shingles. And her doctor told her, you're going to be in pain for four to six weeks, and you'll have these rashes for four to six weeks. She was in so much pain, it was hard to sit, stand, walk, do anything. But that weekend, she showed up here to serve in terrible pain. And after the gathering, she had gone back to meet with the prayer team. And someone who was just joining the prayer team that night said, can I pray with you? And when they prayed, Danielle says she felt something lurch inside of her. And her pain was gone. She went home that night, went to bed, woke up the next morning, and the rashes were half the size they had been the day before. And two days later, they were gone completely. Why? Because to see what he does, first do what he says. She showed up to serve. She said yes when somebody said, can I pray with you? Now, I know for some of us, we're going, yeah, but why doesn't Jesus always heal people? I don't know. I bet there were probably other wedding parties somewhere in the Middle East that year that ran out of wine and just ran out of wine. And people were like, man, that's a drag. We ran out of wine. But at this particular one, Jesus does a miracle. So here's what I think. I think if we're going to follow Jesus, we just have to decide, will we be the kind of people who go around just saying what Jesus can do, or will we be the kind of people who go around doing what Jesus has said and trusting him with the results? When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, makes sense, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. Last fall, someone in our church, uh, they just shared this story with me a couple of weeks ago. It's very meaningful for me. Told me that they felt like Jesus spoke to them to give a certain amount of money in our Christmas offering to help launch our Middletown location. And it was, it was a very large amount. Now we didn't, nobody else knew this. It was a conversation they felt like between them and God. And there was no expectation. Anybody had said of a certain amount. But it was a very large amount. It was a very large amount. They repeated this to me a couple of times as they were telling me the story. And so they negotiated with God, their words. And they got him down. <laughs> or at least they thought they did. Now, God, be reasonable. So they gave what was still a significant gift. And they thought, okay. But then they just couldn't shake this feeling. Now, no one else knew about this. Again, no expectation. Nobody would have ever known. 
but they just couldn't shake it. It it was like Jesus just kept bringing it up. Hey, are you are you gonna do the thing? Remember when you asked me what you should do, and I and I told you. Are you gonna do that? And so eventually they did, and they gave more than they could afford. And when I heard that story, I was like, can you pray for me? Because I, I want more of that kind of faith in my life. To see what he does. First, do what he says. A lot of us would love to see what he can do. We're just not yet doing what he says. You say, well, what's the miracle in that story? I don't know yet. This person is still filling jars. Jesus tells his servants, fill a cup with what you've just been collecting and pouring in these jars. Take it to the master of ceremonies and they follow his instructions. And somewhere along the way, I love that John doesn't tell us because we're not supposed to be able to nail down when the miracle's gonna happen. Somewhere along the way, just in the process of doing what Jesus says, the water becomes wine. And not just any wine, the good stuff. And the DJ has no idea where it came from, but he's impressed. And John says, of course, though, the servants know. You know what's interesting about the things that Jesus does in people's lives, healing, speaking, turning water into wine? Here's what's interesting about it. There are two levels of joy, two levels of celebration. The first level is the wedding guests and the MC. You get to taste the wine, hear about the miracles, celebrate it. Don't necessarily know the backstory, but you just know, okay, well, the wine tastes good. That's a good thing. And that's wonderful. And for some of us, that's how we've lived our spiritual lives. We're, we're kind of getting by on the secondhand benefits of someone else's faith. We've tasted the results of someone else's obedience. But then there's a whole other level of joy and celebration. And can I tell you, that level belongs exclusively to the servants. Because the people who do what Jesus says, they get to experience the miracles firsthand. Now, the wedding guests probably had no idea that the host had even run out of wine. They didn't know because it would be a couple of hours sometimes. The servants were first to know that there was a problem. But they did what Jesus said. They knew that they had poured water into those stone containers, a lot of water. They had blisters on their hands. And they knew a miracle had happened as they were serving. Because servants, the people who actually do what they're told by Jesus, always know it was a miracle. Shouldn't have happened, but it did. And I think about some of us who are in the midst of just filling jars. You know, as we follow Jesus, sometimes we get discouraged because we're not seeing results yet. And we can forget what Jesus has done in the past. And then we stop doing what Jesus told us to do before the jars are filled. 
And we forget that to see what he does, first, do what he says. So we built this church around environments where we can hear Jesus' instructions. We gather like this to worship and to learn about Jesus. We connect in a group with a few people going the same direction who can encourage us to follow Jesus. And we don't stop there. We serve on the J team. That's what it's all about. We're using what we have to make a difference like Jesus did. We move from being wedding guests who taste the second-hand benefit of someone else's faith to being servants who see the miracles firsthand. We invest and invite. We tell people in our world, we share our faith with people in our world who don't know Jesus yet and invite them to experience God. We practice a slot and spot, a time on our calendar and a place we go to read God's word and get closer to Jesus. And we give our first, making what matters to Jesus matter to us through our tithes and offerings, our generosity. In other words, what we do around here as we follow Jesus together is fill jars. And it's the most ordinary, it's just water we're pouring in. The most ordinary, imperfect acts of faith. It's not always glamorous. Sometimes it's tiring. Sometimes we look around at the wedding guests and go, man, it'd be easier to be one of them. But we keep filling jars. And when we do it because Jesus said to, something happens along the way. Something miraculous. Listen, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting different results. Unless Jesus said to. That's the definition of faith. So what is Jesus asking you to do? I don't know what it is for you. Maybe very simple. It probably won't feel very easy. But what is it? Maybe for you, your next step is to come to Plugged In, to move from being a wedding guest to serving, to getting involved in what God is doing here. Maybe for some of you, God's inviting you. Jesus is inviting you to grow in your faith. Maybe there's a space in your life you shut your faith off. It's a relationship. It's, it's at your job or your school. There's a certain area like Jesus keeps bringing it up and you keep changing the subject. Maybe Jesus is asking you to forgive someone who's betrayed you. Maybe Jesus is asking you to give so that more people can taste happening at his party. Maybe Jesus is asking you to step up into something you've been afraid of, to have courage to do the right thing in a wrong world. Whatever it is, can I encourage you? You should do it. Say, why? 
because to see what he does, first do what he says. Fill the jars to the brim. And if you would say, I received that today, I want to listen to Jesus more closely and I want to do what he says I need the power of Jesus in my life to help me do what I'm told by him not out of legalism or fear but out of faith I wonder if if you'd say that's you you want to listen to him more closely and do what he's leading you to do would you just shoot your hand up all over the room in Newark and Hope Castle just hold it up high watching online right now, you can do that. Just stretch that hand out right where you are. And then would you open your heart up to Jesus with me? Let me pray over us. Jesus, we come to you today and we come with humility and a desire to do what you're telling us to do. For any of us, Jesus, that are struggling right now to listen and obey, give us the courage. So often, Jesus, we want to see what you can do, but we're hesitant to do what you say. Transform us. For some of us who have been carrying water for a while, Help us to not give up, but to do what you tell us to do. Faith is persisting in something that the world says is crazy, but you say is right. Help us be your disciples, we pray, your servants, your friends. doing what you lead us to do. We ask it in your name, Jesus. While you let Jesus speak to you, for a moment more, I want to just talk to any of us in one of our physical rooms or online right now that you haven't known Jesus for yourself up until this moment. The point of everything we just unpacked in that story from Jesus' life is not water turning into wine. It's that Jesus makes things new, including people. And you bring Jesus your ordinary, broken, sinful life, and he transforms you. That's the point. And if you want that today, when you put your faith in Jesus, the good news about Jesus is that he did what God asked him to do. He laid down his life to serve and save us. And when you believe in Jesus who died to forgive you and he wants to give you the power to follow him, you become a child of God. You can know and belong to God. And if you want to take that step today, I'd love to lead you in a very simple prayer. So I want everyone to join me again. And then if that's you, one of our rooms, online, wherever you are. If you want to begin following Jesus, whisper out a prayer of faith, something like this. Jesus, today I believe in you. Make me new. I give my whole life to you. I'm inviting you to my party today.
I want you to change my life. And from this day forward, I will follow you. And if that's you, while everyone around you stays focused on God, if you would say, I want to be included in that prayer, I'm putting my faith in Jesus, would you lift your hand? Just hold it up high, yeah. Hold it up boldly, yes. And Hokas and hold that hand up high. You're watching online right now and you prayed that prayer. Type the word faith in the comments, whatever platform you're on, share that with us. And then everybody, would you help me? Let's give Jesus all the praise. Come on, he does miracles. Let's give him all the praise. Now, I love that message from Pastor Mark. To see what he does, do what he says. Maybe today was the day that you feel like God's told you to take another step, to put your faith in Jesus for the very first time. It is the greatest decision that you could have ever made. I want you to take one more step. I want you to fill out a Connect card. You can go to connectwithus.tv, fill out a digital Connect card. Let us know that today was the day that you decided to put your faith in Jesus. Also, type faith in the comments section. When you fill out that Connect card, we're going to send you a New Believer's Bible in the mail this week to help you get God's Word in your heart so you can live out this decision that you've made. If this is your first time joining us, be sure to fill out that Connect card as well. We have some Journey merchandise and a gift we'd love to send you in the mail. And maybe you've been watching for a while and you, you're ready to be a part of our J Team. Let me tell you, there are opportunities for you to serve and discover who you are and how God's made you and learn more about our church right from your home or wherever you're watching. It's really simple. Text the words plugged in to 94,000. We'll send you an on-demand opportunity to join us for Plugged In and find out your place and your part on our J Team. Listen, we love you. You want to make sure you come back next week. We've got Pastor Chris Hodges from Church of the Highlands that's going to be here with us all weekend next weekend. You will not want to miss it. So make sure you set your alarm and tune in and be a part. And before you head out, make sure you like this video on YouTube, subscribe, hit that notification bell. And as always, enjoy the journey.